it's Anja and Danielle, and we're here with our first episode of Mad Talk. And we both have a lot to say, but we're going to try to do it really <laughs> quickly because we're both exhausted. My yes. buddy has a headache. <laughs> I don't want her blood pressure to go up <laughs> over what we're about to talk about. So we're just about to talk about three quick things. Um, first, we're going to take the opportunity to introduce ourselves to you and tell you a little bit about our organization, Mad Moms Advocating Daily for Autism. And I'll let Danny start. All right. Hi, everybody. I hope everyone is surviving in this wild pandemic. So about me, excuse the... <laughs> Three nature in the background. <laughs> but again, I'm Danny. I have three boys. I was an educator previously, and I am one half of the organization MAD. My oldest son, who was four years old, is the one who was diagnosed with autism when he was two. He started to regress at about 13 or 14 months when he was in a home daycare and I picked it up immediately and removed him because I didn't feel like they were able to meet his needs even though they were very much willing to do so. They wanted to know what was going on. But I pulled him immediately and put him into early intervention and now he's in public school and he's doing fantastic. He has transitioned very well, and many of his goals are being met, and I am pleased. So I'm excited. I hope everyone else is excited for what we have going on and what's to come. It's going to be awesome, so stay tuned. Thank you, Danny. And I'm Anja. I'm the other half of MAD, Moms Advocating Daily for Autism. And I have one son. His name is Cortland. He is five years old, and he is also on the spectrum. Um, started noticing some regression in Cortland at about 16 to 18 months um, and raised some concerns. Um, some other things that I noticed that just kind of brushed them off as like typical childhood behavior was like the stranger danger and not wanting to be around other people, not totally realizing that those were signs and symptoms of autism. So I had him, his stat screen done at the age of two. Um, he was officially diagnosed at the age of three, and we have just been unapologetically embracing autism since day one, and we will continue to do so. We are blessed to be <laughs> in great company with Danny and Mello and their whole clan. Um, a little bit more about me. I am a graduate of the University of Tennessee. I hold a degree in political science um, with a minor in journalism. So I'm very meticulous in everything that I do, and it's very, I think it's great that Danny and I have paired up together simply because she brings in an educational background 
I bring in a policy background. Mm -hmm. So when we come in, we come in strong. And everything we bring to you, everything we drop to you is going to be factual and actual, like TLC used to say. (laughs) You know, we're not going to drop anything without having the complete facts. And we know that statistics and everything change on a daily basis. That's why we research. We research everything we do. But the other... um, Now that we've done our introductions, the other things that we wanted to quickly touch on tonight um, deals specifically with, you know, the pandemic that we're currently in, you know, COVID-19 and how it's, you know, wreaked havoc through so many communities. But, um, you know, the forgotten ones is what I like to call you know, our community, because essentially when you look at it, you do see that there hasn't been a lot of support and understanding to our children that are, you know, on the spectrum or have other, you know, disabilities or different abilities and special needs. Um, Parents have been grappling and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to, how to navigate the systems that they Um, I don't know if they're not sure how to navigate them or if they've never taken the time to navigate them. But I know that I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social Mm -hmm. media that is very upsetting. And um, I mean, I I can't speak for Danny, but I think I can speak for (laughs) Danny because we're sort of kind of, you know, going back and forth with each other about like, we have to do something about this. So I'm going to allow Danny to speak because when I tell you that my girl, my partner is very passionate about this, especially from an educational standpoint and the, the upside to Danny's situation is that she's an educator and she's a parent that's doing this so trust me when I tell you my girl got some nuggets and she's going to bring them and then I'm just going to give my um my perspective as a parent and I come in with a different aspect of it because whereas her you know she'll tell you her her son goes to public school I homeschool. So that's why we're such a dynamic duo. That's why we're superheroes doing this because we bring in a different perspective, a different, you know, outlet, basically. So I'm going to let Danny drop her nuggets because I know she's been waiting to drop them all night. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to her. And like I said, we're both extremely exhausted. Um, I know. I am and I I can only imagine that she is too because not only are we moms advocating daily for autism we run small businesses too yes so yes (laughs) clearly so go ahead (laughs) but yes 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 it is true it is true (laughs) but yes for as far as the pandemic so when this whole thing, I had actually, I call my um, four-year-old son, I refer to him as Papa Bear. That's my little pet name for him. So I actually pulled him out a week before all of this hit. Um, we're based in Boston. So I pulled him out because his preschool, or well, he's in K-1, but they still consider that the preschool classrooms. 
Um, and he, I pulled him a week before because they had had six cases of the flu. So I pulled him out <laughs> because I have a little baby. He's five months now, but you know, he's like, he's so, so fragile. You know? <laughs> I said, I am not trying to be infected and just, uh-uh, not today. So I pulled him out a week before and then boom, here comes all, the next thing I'm hearing is, Oh, uh, you know, the the pandemic is in, in all this craziness. Like, I didn't even have time to prepare or to gather. I didn't know. I didn't expect for school to be closed down. I didn't know how serious this was going to be. I had no idea. I was not. I didn't see this coming. So they shut down. They kept on changing the return date. Um, at first, when this first hit the fan, it was just an outbreak of just everyone is complaining, everyone is fighting and arguing. You have parent against school system, school system against parent, parents clashing with parents, parents clashing with teachers. I'm just, it's so upsetting. I am absolutely fed up with it and I will not tolerate another negative word from (laughs) anybody. I don't care who it is because this is ridiculous. And my thing is and always will be collaboration. It's not just parents. It is not just teachers. We have to work together because it's not even, it's not about, like when it comes to Melo, it ain't even about me. All I care about is his growth and his development. And the only way that I can 120% do this effectively and efficiently is if I work with the teaching staff. I cannot try to do this on my own. So when this whole thing started to blow up, we were noticing throughout social media, you know, parents, like, almost like they was foreign to what was going on. And uh, there was uh, quite a few people who clearly didn't agree with us. And they don't have to. I Like, one thing, we don't need anyone to, to spoon feed us or to hold our hand. We're good. Okay. We're good. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> So people just, they didn't know what to do. And, I, you know, for personally, for me, we started off in early intervention and early intervention would come to the home. I don't know if it's different for other states. Like, I don't know if people maybe possibly had center base. But you know what? Lucky for me. See, I have that experience, too. We've done multiple center base as well as for early intervention. And you know what? The parent still has to be there because the child is underage. You cannot leave a, a toddler with somebody and just walk away it's not daycare it's services so you know for ABA speech OT I was always in my home like in the room even though like as Mello got older they would say oh we just need someone to be in the house and then we'll do ABA you know maybe in the living room or in wherever he's comfortable with but oh no 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 I was following I was like we was like partners like are we going elbow to elbow I'm following the ABA person around because I want to see I've always been like that I mean I know a lot as far as education like Anja said my background is in education Um, I have a degree in early childhood I have one in child psychology and I have one in special ed so (laughs) I mean I know of it I mean for as much money as they done snatched out my account I I hope (laughs) that I learned something but I know, I know a bit, but it's, I'm always one of those people who is always trying to seek more information. You can't just go into this autism journey thinking that you know everything. Like just even though I did have the school, um, you know, the whole education behind me, I have also spent 
hours and just too much time, honestly, tirelessly looking for that information. It's like it never ends. You're always looking. You always have a new question. You always want more and more and more. But as far as the pandemic, like I was saying, because I get sidetracked a little bit, (laughs) we just, it's been a little bit nuts. So he has been fine now but at the beginning that transition he went from being like seeming like he was not aware of what was going on to his behavior completely going from zero to 100 it was very bad for the last two weeks it was terrible I mean he was I mean doing he's been doing a lot of screaming hitting a lot of tantrums and meltdowns like he Papa Bear is the most laid back child you will ever meet he never ever ever does any of this but I mean it's been really difficult and for people to sit on social media and to belittle you I'm not having it it's not you know everyone's situation is different all we have been saying our part is just like you know as a parent you're the one who knows your child the best you're the one you're the only one actually who is the most consistent person because truth be told for the most part teachers and service you know people whoever's the ot speech if you notice they are very they switch a lot Mm -hmm. they're not you know that is a field where the they're going to keep changing for your child like i don't know how many aba people i don't even really like the traditional quote-unquote ABA Papa Bear now has an independent person that comes to, he does have the traditional ABA in school because he is in, um, he is in public school, but he's in a certain type of classroom called a substantially separate classroom. So it's an ABA based Mm -hmm. classroom, but they know what they're doing. They're the professionals. I've met these people and you know what? Sometimes it also ties, you know, goes down to who is in the room with your child. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the method. It's who it is. Some people can be really nasty and they just don't seem to like kids. One of those people can should not be in the classroom with a child with different abilities. You just shouldn't. Right. You need to go right. do something else because this is not, they're, they're very gentle. They're very gentle. You have to be very careful. So um, there is that. So he is doing better. But like I said, I'm, I just didn't, understand like you know I I know his IEP is like a bible for me so I was not understanding why so many parents seemed like they just like their child was this stranger like the some of the stuff that I seen was actually I mean it made it kind of hurt my feelings it was more hurtful than you know making me angry I was I felt bad for some of these kids I'm just like well geez the parent is giving up before it even started, they didn't, I mean, they're just like, nope, nope, not doing it. I'm not sitting here for six hours. I'm not, no one said for anyone to sit there for six hours. People are fighting over everything. And it was just nuts. I just, I just don't understand. Like me, I would do anything for Papa Bear. I don't care if it means I have to sit up sleepless nights. There's been nights, I'm not going to lie to you guys. There has been nights where I'm just up for days days, 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 three days, no sleep, just up because I'm too concerned about my child and I'm willing to do whatever it takes at any cost, at any time. I will stand toe-to-toe with anybody to make sure that he gets what he needs. If I have a problem, the school knows me very well, period. They're always going to know me very well. 
And that's mm-hmm. the mentality that a lot of parents need to take. And I'm sorry, Nami, to cut that's you okay. off, but I wanted to ask you a question because you talked about how in the beginning, the transition for Mellow, um, for Mellow when you guys started and, you know, the regression and the behaviors and everything, mm-hmm. like as a parent that's, you know, that has the background, you incorporate that background yes. into, like you said, his IEP, it's yes. like the Bible to you. Like, what else did you do differently outside of the IEP and, you know, just what, like, did you go back to previous, like, I know we talk about early intervention, and mm-hmm. that's something that I do with Cortland, is I go backwards yes. to goals that we have, that we started out with, because I noticed the regression in those goals that we have already achieved. Right. So you go back to your blueprint, and you start over. So is that something that you yes. tend to do with Romello? Yes, absolutely. So what I do, I'm one of those people, I leave a paper trail for myself, ever since um, Romello was diagnosed, especially once he started Anything, like, definitely when he started school, but as, even with early intervention, I still have some of his IFSPs as well. Mm-hmm. And I keep everything in a binder. And when that binder gets full, I move to volume two and I keep going. So what I do is if he regresses, I always have documentation of everything in one spot so that I can know mm-hmm. that, okay, so he's going, he, he hasn't, like, okay, I can use an example of his sleeping. Sleeping is a huge, it's always on his goal sheet. Now he'll have those moments where we, we crack the, the Krabby Patty formula and he's crystal. We've got him sleep. He's sleeping through the night. It's perfect. But see, this, see, everything just switched up on him. Right. So now he's having a hard time. So what did I do? I went back to something that we used all the way when he was, when he had just turned two in early mm-hmm. intervention. And there it was listed out. I don't just let, I don't, I've never been the person. I'm not going to just sit in session. So what I did was I revisited the notes and right. I said, okay, they recommended this they recommended to do this in the routine and that and I incorporated those things that we had did previously and you know what with children with autism what I'm learning I mean it's very difficult because sometimes you don't want to keep on doing the same thing but sometimes you have to go back to the foundation and you have to go back to where you started if that's what it's going to take for your child to get back to where they need and that's where you need to go and you need to go quick so that's what I do I don't have no problem doing it but that's what we've been doing is just going back and just keep, even if it, some things are pretty repetitive and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes you have to do that because I know like in our in my situation with Cortland, um, like I said, he, he's homeschooled yeah. and I tried him in the brick and mortar school system, but it just, we didn't adapt to that system as of yet. And um, Cortland's very, very high functioning. Um, so his, his deficits are different and that's the one thing that we also Mm -hmm. wanted to point out too is a lot of people tend to have this mentality or this notion um or this mindset or this assumption that all kids with autism are the same no one kid with a diagnosis of autism is the same they're all different 
Yep. You know, they all reach milestones at different points in That's their right. journey. And, and it's okay. Like they don't That's have right. to reach them because if Romello meets reaches a milestone before Cortland, then it's not, oh, Cortland needs to reach that milestone right. because Romello did right. it. It's not his time. He'll right. meet it when it's his time. You know what I'm saying? So we like we work to we work to make sure that they reach those milestones, but we're not doing it. It's not a competition. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of yeah. as of late Definitely. in a lot of people. But um but like with him being homeschooled, the transition to homeschool was a lot easier for me because the classroom did not work. That structure did not work for Cortland per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found out later on is that it didn't work for him because he was testing above level, above mm-hmm. the kindergarten level. So bringing him into the home and building a structure here, was it difficult? Yes, because this is mommy, like I'm like a fish out of water. Like I have to like, even though the curriculum was was given to me, I still had to take the time to learn it and to, you know, know how many hours and how many minutes I needed to spend on this. It wasn't, like I said, we research things. We don't just fly by the seat of our pants. And I think a lot of what happened when we got into this pandemic is parents felt inconvenienced. And I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I just want to speak the truth because eight eight hours a day, your kid is in someone's classroom. Mm-hmm. So that you see that as your opportunity to do whatever you need to do for yourself or to go to work, it became an inconvenience to you. Mm-hmm. So you expected that teacher to be there when indeed that teacher couldn't be there. So cue up the complaining instead of like you said collaborating and trying Mm -hmm. to see how we can make this work you know for our children and I think a lot of the things that I'm seeing on social media and correct me if I'm wrong Danny Mm -hmm. is that people are making it about themselves and not about those definitely though not about the actors that have been affected and it's our children that have been affected it's the it's the forgotten ones. And that's what these kids are. They are the forgotten ones. Yeah. It's become an all out war over. Let me see if I can one up this person yeah. on what I do with my child. Right. Who does the what, most activities yeah. in a day. It's not about that. Yeah, it's not about that. Like I'm just sharing, I'm just dropping my nuggets and sharing my, and I get that word nuggets. I have to let y'all know. I have a, I have a cousin that um, she does a lot of podcasts and she does a lot of, um, she's a motivational speaker and nuggets is a word that she uses because that's what she tells people. She's going to drop some nuggets, which means she's going to give you the truth. She's going to drop some knowledge and y'all going to listen to it, whether you want to or not. So I'm just going to drop these autism nuggets for you guys. We tend to forget what is important and it is our children. I'm not here to compete with anyone because no one no one is on my level and I'm not on their level That's right. what we need to do is bridge our children and bring, it, bring them together right and stuff and it's also sorry just want to interject yeah. while you're still on that topic people need to be comfortable people as in parents we're not talking about the teachers in this sense they need to be comfortable with their child having autism because what I was seeing I'm just like do I said, I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like they're almost upset or angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're right. The word inconvenience just, I mean, that was perfect. 
perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. They don't want to do anything. It's like, but what choice? I mean, should it even be a choice? It's not a choice in my head. I don't no. look at my kid as a obligation. Right. I'm doing it because I love them. Not right. Someone told me to do it. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty much it, you guys. We just wanted to touch on um, some of that stuff. Trust me, we'll be back hopefully later in this week but we wanted to um drop our first episode um my kiddos starting to stir in the background so a lot of times when we record these we will have to stop them because our kids wake up and we have to go back to being mommy but that's the realness and the rawness of what we do absolutely you get what i'm saying like that's that's what we do it's the realness and the rawness of what we do and that's what we want to let people know like we have kids we they are our first priority but we want to come and talk to you guys about what goes on and how we handle things as an organization and how we advocate for our our kids not every parent is going to advocate the same and that's what people need to understand my advocacy is not your advocacy that's right so you know how the government told you to take six, to take to stay six feet backwards that's what so that that's what i need you to do when it comes to my level of advocacy and like guys I, this is our first podcast and as you can see we're just we're winging it tonight because we have a lot that we want to say oh, like i said what? it's getting late <laughs> And the kids are starting to stir in the background. So we're going to drop this and cut this one for now. But we will be back. Trust and believe we're coming back. And when we come back, oh, be ready. Just because be ready. Mad, mad Talk is about to be... <laughs> y'all about to be mad. <laughs> y'all about to really be some... And when I say mad, I don't mean like mad as in upset. I mean mad as in... Mad is about to take over. Mom's advocating yes. daily for yes. autism. You mom, moms are about to just show up and show out. Mm-hmm. Like you, or to light you're, some advocacy yeah. fire up under your body. Yeah, like you're about. gonna want to tell your, you're gonna want to share your story. You're gonna fight back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enough is enough. That's yeah, it. no more. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. But I'm Anja, and she's Danny. And this has been Mad Talk, and we will be back. Hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna shoot for this week with our se- with our second episode. Yes. Um, and we, when we come back, we're we're coming back strong because, we, like I said, we have a lot of stuff to say. But we just wanted to drop this first introduction uh, episode for you guys, and it ain't if y'all looking for professionalism, we are very professional. But if you want. The Karens and the Judys and the Matildas <laughs> of the world. That's not what you're getting out of this nope. podcast. It's nope. going to be raw. It's going to be real. It's going to be ugly. Period. We're going to bring those nuggets. And hey, you guys are going to want to stick around because you want to hear what Andre and Danny have to say. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys, for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.